Episode 8 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles. Change your focus. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 7, I think it's 7, I better check that as I'm talking right now, episode 7 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Owls, your monthly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness and all the things, all the benefits that come with it, jeez I'm all over the place, it's actually episode number 8, so I'm sure when you've actually saw that on the notes, anyway I could stop this and start again but I'm not going to, I'm going to keep on rolling. Uh, this month's show, I'm going to do a concept uh, that I've kind of learned a couple of years ago, and it's, it's it's one of those concepts that you need to practice a lot to get the value of it, but I'll, um, you'll, you'll hear about that really soon. I just thought I'd give you a bit of an earthquake update of uh, what's been happening here in Christchurch, and, and also to say some things about Japan. Um, Christchurch seems to be getting better. It's a slow process. It's, it's, it's one thing that's really interesting when you experience a tragedy like an earthquake in your city is the level of stress that you experience after the quake. Um, a lot of people are just highly stressed right now and it's you know it's so justified. People are, are jobless, houseless, um, you know, it's just an uncertainty around what's happening and, and little things like driving has just become the biggest burden of all time. You know, people driving around and, you know, Christchurch isn't a very big city, and one of the things I love about Christchurch is generally, you know, from one side of town to the other, it's, it's a 20 to 30 minute ride at max, so you're never really travelling that far to get from A to B, but with the earthquake, it's you're literally looking for anywhere from up to an hour to an hour and a half for some of your drives around town, so it just is creating a little bit of tension, but I must say the people of Christchurch seem to be pretty great, because the general feeling and... and you know, the feeling on the street right now is that people are optimistic that we're going to get through it and we're going to truck on through and, you know, five years from now, if anything, this could be a blessing in disguise for my city. So just want to say thank you to everyone who's been sending through emails of support. It blows my mind how great this community is and fitness behavior. You guys um, are just a really great bunch of people. So I really appreciate that. In saying that, um, obviously Japan has just happened a few weeks ago as well and for all the listeners in Japan, our love is going out to you. It's, you know, Christchurch was bad, but Japan just seems horrific what has happened there. It's um, very, very sad, and I hope that all your loved ones and your family and friends are all safe and healthy and you're getting through it. It's um, definitely a very challenging time in the world right now. It is one of the things I love about the whole, the world, the content world that we live in right now, we live in a world where, you know, we do have listeners in Japan. We have listeners in over 80 countries currently for this podcast. So people all around the world, we have this one thing we are sharing together, this experience we are sharing together, and hopefully we are growing together as well. So, I, you know, look, in these sad times, I do love that there are these ways that we are all connected together in, in topics that we think are important in life. Lastly, but just before I get into this month's show, if, if you ever have an idea of things you want me to talk about or any any shows you want me to do or experts that you would want me to interview for the show 
um, let me know. You know, I'm, I'm here for you guys and I'm here to create content that helps you grow. And so maybe there's some questions that you have that you'd like a little bit more insight on. And you know what? I don't have all the answers. I'm, I'm, I'm just human, <laughs> but I'm no means to think I'm perfect. And so at times I'll look for other people to find the answers. But, you know, if, if you do have some areas you want me to identify and help you grow and send me through an email and that's bevanjames at gmail.com. And then, you know, I can create some shows that, you know, you guys actually want to hear. So anywho, I think we're going to start this month's show. This month's show is a show that I've been thinking about over the last month. So hopefully it comes together well. And uh, let's get some music on. Let's rock and roll into it. As a person who spends my life trying to motivate people, I work with individuals, I work with groups of people, and one of my roles really is to, to continually develop myself so that I get better at helping you know you or the people I'm working with to go to the next level within themselves. And so I'm always motivated to learn new methods and tools and, and read books and all that kind of stuff so that when I'm out there in front of people, I can actually get success in that growth that I'm helping them head towards and it's funny how in some ways we need life experiences to take us back to some of the basics around you know what it is that creates behavior that changes people's lives and I thought I'd share a bit of a story I had uh, an experience I had a while ago with a friend of mine called Chris now Chris is a school teacher friend of mine who at that time didn't live in Christchurch he lived uh, in a place called Wanaka and he was in Christchurch for a few days and we hadn't had a chance to catch up in a while. So he came around to my place and we were kind of catching up. And I remember we were talking in my kitchen. I was actually sitting on my kitchen bench and he's kind of across the room from me and we're having this conversation. And when Chris and I talk, it gets deep pretty much straight away. Right from the start, we're into the deep stuff. And he was kind of telling me about his teaching career. And you need, one thing you need to know is that Chris has kind of been recognised as a pretty successful teacher. Um, when you talk to some of the children that's been educated by him, you know, they talk of the highest praise, you know, how amazing he was as a teacher. But he was also telling me about how the school board did a report on what he's doing in the classroom and they just said what he's creating, the environment he is creating in the classroom is absolutely phenomenal and it's almost hard to duplicate because he is so good at what he is doing. So I had this, you know, this friend of mine who's a deep thinker and and when he started to talk about the educational experience and when he was talking about it, he told me about one thing that the education board is really focusing on is the concept of what do we attend to? What do we attend to? And, and to be honest, at the time, I didn't really know what he meant by what do we attend to. So I kind of said, well, what do you mean what do we attend to? And he turned around and he said, well, what are we focusing our energy on when we are in the classroom to make our kids be successful in their growth? And that a lot of times over the years, teachers have focused on all the wrong thing, things that the kids are doing in the class. That they'll pick them up for the bad things and they don't attend to the good things that the kids are doing. Now, I know this seems like a really you know, basic concept, you know, the idea of you know, focus on the positive, not the negative. But in this environment, Chris is saying that it's almost like teachers have trained themselves to focus on the bad kids or what the kids are doing wrong and not give them energy to what the kids are doing right. It was fascinating. It was one of those moments where you kind of look back and you go, well, why was I missing this? So I went into my classes. I remember that night I went to my class and I thought, well, okay, tonight when I teach this class, all I'm going to do is focus on the behaviours I want them to achieve in this class. 
So no longer, you know, when you're in a group fitness environment, what you're looking to do is you're always looking at the class and you're trying to help them to get better. And sometimes you'll be telling them what they're doing wrong and how they should be improving and stuff. But in this class, I decided that all I was going to do is focus on the behaviors I wanted them to do and then to catch them doing those correct behaviors so that they could be successful. I was really interested to see how this would go. So after finishing my conversation with Chris, I got ready for the gym and I biked off to the gym and set up for my class. And I was teaching a, an RPM class, which for those who don't know much about Les Mills is um, a spin type class, a bike class basically. And I set up and I got my bike gear ready and on my bike and away I go, turned the music on and started teaching the class. And then throughout the whole class, all I was doing was thinking, what, what message am I trying to get across right now? So let's say, for example, I was trying to get safety across. I wanted them to move safely. And then how can I see someone in the class who is doing the message that I want them to do? And how can I praise that person? So I looked up at the class and let's say, I, I can't remember exactly how I did it, but let's say, for example, I saw, you know, I really wanted to make sure that people were riding with a straight back in the fast section of the class. So I looked up. And I looked for the person who had a really straight back. And I remember there was a girl called Sue in my class. And Sue's actually a pretty strong rider. And so Sue was riding along and she's got really good technique. So all I said was, hey, Sue, you're doing wicked, mate. Great to see you're keeping your back straight. Instantly, everybody in the class lifted their back up. It was, it was crazy. It was, it was really fascinating because it was almost like they were meerkats. And once they heard the behavior that was the right behavior, they all just tapped into it. After that class, you know, I, I tried this process a few more times and, and I had a real success with it. And it was, it, it was one of those moments in life when you just see an instant shift in the way you're doing something. You know, like there's a snap of the fingers and you've gone from a previous way of experiencing or delivering something to a new way in a matter of seconds because you saw, or at least I saw, the success of it working this way that instead of trying to focus on what people are doing wrong, try to focus on what people are doing right to achieve success in the behaviours you want them to have. I went on to teach from this way and, and to the point where everything I want to do in a class, and admittedly at times these, nowadays I will use what you are doing wrong, but generally speaking, 90% of the way I teach a class nowadays is focusing on what it is that I want people to be doing correctly and in catching the people doing it. It works on all levels. It works on, on the safety stuff, you know, keeping body people's bodies in safe positions. It works on the participation of the group to make sure it's a fun environment. So if I want to teach a class that is full of loud, noisy people who are really giving lots of energy, what I do is I focus on the people that are doing that when I need them to do it. Motivation to push to your maximum level when I'm teaching a class, I'm looking for that person who pushes a little bit extra and I'll tell them why they're doing great. So I might turn around and say, hey, John, mate, you're working really hard. I love the way you're turning your dial up and you're pushing your legs really hard. What that does is in that environment, it's creating the, the understanding that other people should be doing that too. And when I say that to John, people start to turn up their dial. So because I'm rewarding that, or I'm attending to it, as Chris would say, to the behavior that I want, I'm achieving a much bigger result because it's almost like people are subconsciously picking up into this. So as you can kind of understand, this was, was quite a big influence on the way I do things. And, and actually, I read a, I kind of did some research into this kind of thing, and I read a really interesting book called What Shami Taught Me About Life. And it's a book about this lady who 
um, did some training. She was a, a reporter and she did a, a write-up on how they train, I think it was killer whales and for, you know, those kind of water parks that you can go and see. And, and everything they do with animals is just focusing on the behaviour they want them to do. They don't tell them that they're ever doing things wrong. They're just always telling them what they want to do right. And so she goes on and she basically lives by this way in her life and she <laughs> she basically... Um, has a study on her husband without him even knowing it and all she ever does is focuses on the behaviours that he wants and it's a, pre- it's a pretty interesting and fun read and it, you know so I kind of started to kind of live by this way and the way I motivate other people really focusing on attending to I suppose if I'm going to go back to that attending to the thing that I want them to achieve since this experience the the what do I attend to rule has become one of the biggest tools that I have in my arsenal when it comes to motivating people. I use it all the time and the more I use it, the more I understand how successful I can be in creating growth in others. But one thing I really struggled with with this attend to stuff was that I seemed to be becoming really great at helping others grow by attending to the behaviours that they wanted. But when it comes to applying that to myself, I wasn't necessarily so good at that. I'll give an example. Let's say I'm practicing piano and I've got a skill set that I'm really struggling with so I might be trying to learn a scale that I just keep stuffing up. And when I'm in that moment, I often focus on what I'm doing wrong So, I, or I just think I can't get it. So I might be practicing the scale over and over again and in my mind I keep stuffing up and it's like, oh, I'm never going to get this scale. So the challenge became, you know, how can I take these lessons that I've learned about attending to other people's behaviours and bring them to myself. I don't know if you guys know much about NLP. Uh, NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And to be honest, I'm not an expert on it. I've read a few books. Uh, I've never really done any study on it in a thorough way. But NLP basically, uh, the concept of NLP is how do we communicate it to ourselves to be successful in our journey. And I've got lots of cool little tools and tricks that you can use to make yourself successful. But they have these fundamental rules that they have that they kind of sit on. It's the foundation of what NLP sits on. And one of the rules that they have is that, and now I'm not going to get this 100% right again because I'm not an expert, but is that our mind is basically a computer. And and the way we think is just a program that's been put in our mind in the past, and that program can be changed so that you can be more successful in your thinking. So if you think of a computer, a computer is just a, a box with a processing system behind it. And actually the way the computer works is by adding the programs to achieve the work that you want to do on the computer. And in NLP they are saying that our mind is just like the computer and that we have to create great programs that help us to think well. So here I had this this kind of self-dilemma. <laughs> wasn't that much of a dilemma, but a, a bit of a, an interesting situation where I, I understood this really powerful rule of attending to the right behaviour but then in my own self, it was like I could influence others with it. But when it comes to myself, when it comes to the practicing of skill sets that are important to me, I was really struggling with how I could use that tool in those areas. And that's when I came up with, or I found out about the idea of the how rule, or the how question. What is the how question? The how question is a way to help you focus on the right behaviours when you are doing activities. It works like this. That whatever we focus on, our thinking will back that up. Let's think of an example. Let's say um, you want to go out for a run and you're feeling tired. 
and then you start to go out for that run and because you're thinking that you're feeling tired your body and your mind will justify why you are feeling tired actually I think I'll give a real world example of this a couple of years ago I was doing a bike race and it was a race that I really wanted to do well in, in the king of the mountain now the king of the mountain for those you don't know when you do cycle racing they have mountains within it and if you can be the first person or to get the best to the top of the mountain over a few stages you get a, a, a jersey to say you're the king of the mountain and for me my strength as a cyclist at that time was riding up hills so going into the race I identified that my real a really good challenge and a good goal for me would to be to get the king of the mountain now this was a three-day cycle race so over the period of time there were about five or six king of the mountain races to get points on and so I think we'd already had five of them and it was coming up to the sixth one, which was the last one. And we're heading up to the last King of the Mountain up into a place called Linders Pass, which is in the central South Island of New Zealand. And it's a it's a pretty hard climb. You kind of build up to it slowly and then it's, it's probably only about a 10, 15 minute climb, but it's just a real smack down, kill yourself the whole time. At this moment leading up to the climb, I was currently in first place. But the guy who was in second place was only one point behind me. So I couldn't afford to let him beat me. If he beat me, he got the king of the mountain. If he didn't beat me, I got the king of the mountain. So I'm riding along. And at this moment in the race, I'm actually feeling pretty crap. I'm in the point where physically, you know, three days of riding, starting to feel tired. So in my mind, I'm justifying all the reasons why I'm not going to be successful in getting this king of the mountain. Oh, your legs are tired. You should have gone to bed earlier last night. You know, you're just not strong enough. He's a better climber than you. You know, all these things were going through my mind. While I was thinking those things, you know, my physical self was telling me the same things as well. Your legs are tired. You know, your back's sore. All this stuff was reinforcing my thinking that I wasn't going to be good enough to achieve this king of the mountain. What I needed to do at that time was to find a way to put the focus on how to be successful. And that's where the how question came into it. The first thing I did, and one thing I did really well, was that I recognised that the thinking I had right now was not going to help me to achieve the outcome I desired. By thinking to myself that I feel tired and that I can't achieve this, I had no chance of getting up there and up the top of the hill as fast as possible. By thinking that way, my focus was all on the things that I'm doing wrong to be successful. So then I used the simple question, the how question. How can I get to the top of the hill in first place? The instant question, the how question, took my focus off why I was feeling tired and put me into a state of mind which put me on the focus that I wanted to be heading towards, the objective that I was trying to achieve. Instantly, within a second, I went from a place of, oh, I feel tired, my legs are sore, I haven't eaten enough, you know, to a place where I was focusing on the things that I can control to be successful in this situation. So my thinking kind of went like this. I thought about my body. I thought, first of all, I'm working too hard. At this stage of the race, it was in the flat section of the race, we're probably about 30 k's away from when the climb was coming and I was up with the top riders trying to sprint off and up and down with those guys really that wasn't my race that was a stupid move I didn't need to be there I need to make sure I stayed in the front pack and I needed to conserve my energy to be ready for that hill climb so instantly I allowed myself to drop off the intensity to sit at the back of the pack I thought about my legs and I thought about my back 
One of the reasons my back was sore was because I wasn't holding a strong posture. So I then went to focusing on bracing my abdominals to hold a strong posture so my back wasn't feeling fatigued. I focused on what I was doing with my pedal stroke to make sure that I was efficient with my pedal stroke to get the most out of my pedal stroke so that I was being efficient and strong through my riding. I looked at my nutrition. I realized that I hadn't had nutrition in a long period of time too long actually and that's one of the reasons I was feeling tired so that I needed to get nutrition back into my body. On the mind side of things I allowed myself to visualize the moments that I saw myself having to work really hard. Because I'd taken some of the pressure off by allowing myself to sit back in the pack I was allowing myself to be calm and then to really focus on what I was going to do in that moment when the intensity was going to pick up. In my head I thought of my favorite song and I just started playing that song in my head so I kind of created my energy shift to a place where I felt emotionally stronger and started to create self-talk that told me that I could do what I wanted to do to be successful. As time went along, we got closer to the Linda's Pass and the other guy and myself both took off at the bottom of the hill and I managed to take him for the win. So I got the, I got the, you know, the polka dot jersey and I was pretty stoked about that to be honest. Now the only reason that day that I was able to win that was because I used the how question. That in the moment when I was really struggling, I was able to create awareness around what I was focusing on and then use the how question to change my focus towards the behavior that was going to help me to be successful in what I was trying to achieve. By using this how question, it's almost like I was attending to the behaviors that I wanted to be successful for myself. So now I'd found a way to be able to do this on my own level and not just to the external people in my life, you know, the people who are in my group fitness and all the rest of it. So, what, you know, think about this. Think about the how question. Think about the moments in your life. Like if I go back to my piano situation, you know, when I'm practicing scales nowadays and I'm having those moments where I'm really struggling with something, I use the how question. How can I be successful in practicing this scale? What you find is your mind comes up with the answers, and that's what I find really fascinating around it. Your mind is an amazing, amazing thing that has the ability to come up with creative answers to the questions you put in front of it. But if we're focusing on the negative or we're focusing on what we're doing wrong, our mind will tell us why we are doing these things wrong. Our mind is a really good tool at this. So what we need to be great at doing is identifying, first of all, is our thinking helping us go in the right direction? And if not, then what is a better way to think around it? And that's where the how question works. So how can I achieve what I want to achieve? And again, you'll find your mind just comes up with amazing creative solutions for these problems. For example, with scales, it may tell me that I just need to focus on the one section that I keep stuffing up. It might tell me to slow down the tempo of the practice that I use for my metric. It may even tell me that I need a break because I've been practicing for so long that I'm just a little bit fatigued and to get up, go have a hot drink, come back in five minutes and just start again. But you'll find that when you use the how question, you'll suddenly become aware of better solutions to take you towards what you want to be moving towards. So we go back to the NLP and we go back to, you know, our mind as a computer and what programs are you putting in it. The way we have thought is how we have thought for a long period of time in our life. And when it comes to using the how question to help you change your focus towards the things that you want to achieve, it's a practice skill. It's not something that you can just instantly do. But to me, one of the things that's going to make you being really successful in doing it is identifying when you need to use the how question. 
to sit there for half an hour doing a scale on the computer or to sit there you know to practice the skill set around sport you know you know basketball shots where you keep missing the basketball shot and just doing them over and over again the faster that you can identify that you're focusing on the wrong things the faster you can use the how question to get you to focus back on the things and the actions and behaviors that are going to help you to achieve success into the outcome you desire this doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be getting every basketball shot in straight away. And I doubt that you probably get every basketball shot in you know, any period of your life. But it means that you are moving towards the actions that are going to make you be more successful in doing it. And I think when it comes to skill sets or you know, focuses in our lives, is that if we're focusing on the wrong thing, we're wasting us so much time really even just practicing or just doing that thing. You know, If you're going to spend you know, two hours practicing basketball shots and getting them wrong the whole time that is just a waste of time really isn't it but if you can be continuously using the how question to how can I improve my basketball shot so I can be more successful you'll be analyzing what your arms are doing you'll be analyzing how you bend your legs as you push up how you release the ball what you should be looking for in your target when you're looking at your basketball shot and the more you can analyze that and you focus on moving towards success with that you will improve your percentage shots were your basketball shots. What's interesting around the how question, I, I, I use this this concept that I'm talking about today in a few of the talks that I do, but it's, it's fascinating how many people take this into other areas of their lives. So like I've done talks on this and uh, people have talked about giving me emails afterwards to say, I had a lady who was a lawyer, for example, and came along and watched the talk and then the next day she gave me this big email saying how she had this huge problem at work which for the longest time had taken up all of her energy in a really negative way, it was kind of one of those things that just sits on your mind and you can't let it go. She was able to, after after hearing about the how question, she was able to, to change her focus on what was going wrong with the situation, then go, well, then how can I make it successful? And in doing that, she was able to have a total shift in her thinking and create change in a way that was a you know, positive change and a better outcome in the situation she was talking about. And I think that's what you want to think about with the how question. So if I'm going to kind of wrap it all up, First of all, think that your mind is a computer and that the way you are thinking is just a program that you have learned up to this moment in your life. And that can be adjusted and improved. But it is something that's going to take time. Like for me, with the how question, I still get sometimes go into my old, you know, my old tricks of just going through the process. But I'm getting better and better at creating awareness around that. And that's the first aim of what you want to be doing. Think about you know, when you are practicing things or if you have a situation where you know you're focusing on the wrong area, identify that as quickly as possible. Then use the how question in a way that's going to move your focus away from all the bad things you're doing towards what you can do to get the best outcome that you can get. So again, let's say you're doing a 5k run and you're feeling like you're absolute, absolute crap on that run. You know, you're just having a horrible run. And, you know, you, you've got to run for 30 minutes each way and you're kind of 10 minutes into running. You think, I may even just turn around and feel like crap today. Use the next moment there, you could say to yourself, how could I make sure I have a really successful run for the hour that I'm going to run today? You'll, you'll find your mind will come up with answers like, okay, well, get my iPod on and find my favorite music. Focus on my technique. Set some small rewards along the way so that I feel that I'm achieving success around doing this. Maybe even have a reward at the end of the run. 
maybe even set some targets or it sets a challenge for me that makes it interesting and dynamic for the workout. Instantly, within seconds, you'll go from a place where you've felt bad focus to good focus. Again, like I said before, your mind will come up with amazing creative solutions and I think the more that you can practice creating awareness and using the how question, the more you'll be able to be successful in the application of it and get the rewards of doing it. So, when we think about where we attend our energy to in life and we look at all the relationships that we have, often we attend to the wrong things. We're telling the people that all the things that they are doing wrong. Instead, we want to start to focus on the things that they should be doing right. And through my experience, I've learned that I can be a lot more successful in creating behavior change in highly stressful environments as well. You know, group fitness, when people are killing themselves, by focusing on the behavior that I want them to do. And in doing that, I need to find a way to do that for myself. Become amazing at identifying when you're focusing on the wrong things. Identify it. Use a how question that's going to help your mind focus on the things that are going to get right. It is a work in progress. It is something that's going to take you a bit of time. And the more you do it, the better you'll get at doing it. But I, I can kind of almost guarantee that if you become great at identifying when you're focusing on the wrong things and then using the how question to focus on the right things, you will be more successful in the things that you are hoping to achieve in your life. So give it a try. Practice it, get great at it, and keep your focus on being the best version of yourself. So that's the learning for this month, team. Um, like always, there is a worksheet to go with this month's show. It's all about how do you can use the how question and when you can identify times that you can use the how question to change your focus back on the things that you want to achieve or the best way to achieve those things. Now, if you want to get that worksheet, you go to Bevan James Isles, www.bevanjamesisles.com and the fitness behavior link on there. You can go on there, you can buy it. It's $3 US. It's a piece of pie and you know, go through, work through a process that can help you you know, develop that skill of using this tool as much as possible to focus you on being successful. Um, I've got lots of emails and I, I get so many emails from you guys which I absolutely love and I, so I thought I'd share a couple of emails with you just you know to kind of say what you guys are telling me so first of all I got one from Karen and she was just saying that she's a, a, a group fitness instructor herself and she's really loving the podcast but one thing I found really cool about her email was that her son who's named Bevan great name Bevan love your name uh, is also listening to the show and he's a piano player he's being he listened to the first podcast and he just, you know, obviously perked up his ears because I talked about the piano in that first podcast and he's been listening to every episode and wondering when the next one's coming out. So Bevan, I'm loving that you love the show, mate, and keep up all your good work on the piano and I uh, hope you can just be really successful with what you can do with the piano. After last month's show, I got a lot of emails about the Rick and Dick Hoyt interview. Um, those guys are really, really inspirational people and people who really are kind of just showing other people what they can do with themselves. And I think Brian Lefleur really wrapped up what you guys thought about it. He's just saying he loved the work, um, had been listening to the pod, my other podcast, I Am Talk, for a while, but started to listen to fitness behavior as well. He last, he loved the last show with Rick Dick Hoyt on them, so inspirational, always love hearing about those two. After the podcast, I went to work and printed off a quote that you read from Steve Jobs and put up in the wash room. Then I printed off two dozen others and threw them up around our stock room. <laughs> nice. Stuff about giving up on dreams, hard work, success, etc., etc. Just good to be reading this stuff. 
If you like reading good stuff, then he recommends a book, and I'll probably read this myself, and it's called The Pursuit of Excellence or Embrace Your Potential by Dr. Terry Orlick. So you want to check that out? Check it out too. There's also two things I want to thank you guys for. First of all, I want to thank the people who have been going on iTunes and actually giving some feedback on iTunes. Uh, here's an example from Carolina Nizanoff. Um, and she's been on the American iTunes store and she's just put this up. She's put, these monthly morsels are informative, entertaining and based on solid principles of cognitive behavior therapy. Bevan's worksheets on his website take it even further, helping us solidify our goals and come away with knowledge and new skills that last. It's also very refreshing to hear someone promoting a love of healthy choices rather than preaching thou shall not insert weight loss promotional um, material here because I say so. So, you know, if you're going on iTunes and putting up some feedback about the show, it just really helps to get me to spread the word out there. So I really appreciate everyone who's going on iTunes and doing that. Um, another thing that you can do to help me spread the show is just tell your friends, send them a link to, you know, either the show or one of the shows you've enjoyed in the past and just tell them what we're doing to help people grow. The other people I really want to thank are the people who have donated to the show. Uh, this show is a user-generated show. You know, you guys are paying for the show to happen. So for the people who actually give me some of your hard-earned money, all that money is going towards me developing myself so that I can help you get better content and help you grow as well. So for everyone who's giving money to the show, I really appreciate that. And I thought I'd actually start naming the people who are actually donating to the show. So I have got a bit of a backlog, but I thought over the next few shows, I'll probably name five or six people a show who have just been donating to the show just to show that, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing and also that the other listeners can appreciate that the support that you're giving to the show really helps this show get better and better. And so I've got a few people, uh, Kate Batman uh, donated to the show, Michael, I mean, sorry, Robert uh, Dacus, uh, Peter Kirk, a uh, good Christchurch boy, Robbie Allen, a good Auckland boy. We've got Erica Birdall and Ben Hilton. So all those people have donated to the show. And just you guys, you know, Kate, Robert, Peter, Robbie, Erica and Ben, I just really appreciate the support that you are showing me and what I am doing. That really means a lot. If you want to donate to the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com slash fitnessbehavior. There's a little donation button down under each episode's show notes. So you can go on there and check that out. Anyway, that's uh, pretty much this month's show. If you want to email me, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com or you can go to my website, bevanjamesisles.com and there's a little contact me button on there. Next month. Next month is a bit of a big one, actually. I get quite a few emails through from people who are totally new to fitness and just have experienced a lot of kind of failure around fitness. And so next month, I'm doing a show that is totally focused, 100% focused on the person who maybe does no exercise at all or is new to fitness and has so many fears around it. Um, I, I, I want to start the show now. I want to start talking about it now, but maybe I'll just leave that to next month. So next month's show, look forward to that. It'll be one of those ones which I really want to make pretty amazing because I think, you know, in our fitness world, we were really good at tapping into people who are great at fitness, but we're not touching people who aren't good at fitness. And I think it's such an important area that we need to address. So uh, maybe one of those ones that you want to pass on to friends, but we're going we're gonna to talk about that next month. Uh, coming up this month in my life, what's the story of my life? Well, I've, I've just actually bought a house with my partner and we're in the process of uh, going through all the contracts to make sure everything's fine. So it's pretty exciting. I've been with my partner, Joe. She's I'm honestly, like, I don't want to sound cheesy here, but I'm in love with the most amazing woman in the world. And uh, we've been together for over three years, and um, which is quite a long time not to live together. And I've got a kid, I've got a little teenage girl, so we've kind of taken everything in its in its path nice and slowly just because we don't want to rush into it and but now as the time's come where we're going to start to do the big move and so we put, we put an offer in on a house a couple of weeks ago and 
the confirmation happens in next week so we're crossing our fingers that all works out and we'll be moving together in the beginning of May so probably by the time the next show comes out we'll just about be ready to move in and uh, it's a little bit nerve-wracking a little bit exciting I'm going to have to be a little bit tidier around the house because Joe's a lot tidier than I am but she's a, she's a wonderful woman and I'm really looking forward to being able to move in with my lovely partner so that's very exciting um, I've started training I've been, one thing I've been doing a lot of lately which a few of you may have tried as CrossFit um, because of the earthquake in Christchurch I haven't been able to do my normal training which has been a little bit frustrating but at the same time it's also been quite exciting because I've introduced new kind of movements to my body and um, in Christchurch we have Canterbury CrossFit which is um, run by the Franks family um, some of them they're all black rugby players which are big sportsmen in New Zealand and um, it, it's a really good workout it's very challenging and it's um, I'm enjoying the mental and physical challenge of it and what I like about it is it seems as though everyone comes into it with different strengths so for myself for example I'm really fit so I go into it kind of being the cardio king but I'm not as strong as some of the boys and, and girls who are there so you know and then there's other areas where you've got to do kind of gymnastics movements and so you kind of come into it with your one area of strength and for example on one day I might be really strong and, and win the little competition we have at the end but then the next day I'll get totally dominated by the next guy you know because it'll be a strength based workout and I like the way that because they chop and change it every day, your body's never really adapting in a way that you kind of stop getting results. So it is just nice to be doing something different, you know, in this time where uncertainty around my normal exercise is happening. So anyway, I think that's enough about me. I hope you guys have got a great month coming up and I'm really excited to bring the next podcast to you next month. Get out there, enjoy the month and we'll see you. Oh, actually, I just want to say one more quick little note i got a mate called Joel Peasy and he listens to the show and he doesn't really come from an athletic background or he hasn't been into it for a few years but he did a big race called the Motive Tapu Challenge which is a big mountain bike race which took him around four or five hours the other week and I know that's a big step for you Joel so I'm proud of you mate and uh, good to see you out there on the bike and I'm sure you go back next year and try to be faster so good work mate. Anyway, that's this month's show. I'm Waffling. I'll see you guys next month. Um.